be greeted this morning with greetings of grace and mercy and peace from God our Heavenly Father, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This theme this morning 
Um, George read from the first chapter of Luke last week, and, and the middle portion deals with Mary more than with John. It seemed this morning that I should read that portion. It's found in the first chapter of Luke, beginning at the 26th verse. We'll read there through the 56th verse. Reading in Jesus' name. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. <clears throat> the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou art, hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and shalt bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. <clears throat> and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, un <clears throat> and Mary said Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judea, and entered in the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come unto me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent away empty. He hath helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he spake to our fathers, <clears throat> to Abraham, and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. Amen. <clears throat> This is a portion that I'm sure is quite familiar with all of us. It is very much a part of the Christmas story that we 
look into maybe closer at this time of year. And it speaks about Mary. And it says, In the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And it tells then that the, the angel brings this message to Mary of what is going to happen. If we look down and even Elizabeth says, Blessed is she that believeth. For those of us who were here last week, remember Zacharias. The angel came to him and told that John was going to be born. And I find it hard in my natural reasoning a little bit to understand some of these things. We see that Mary asked him a few questions about what was going to happen and how it could happen. She obviously understood that how was this to be. She wasn't married. She hadn't known a man. We read that Zacharias, it doesn't say that he really questioned anything, and yet the angel tells him because he didn't believe, he could not speak. Sorry, my voice is a little bit questionable, so bear with me. Um, And I guess it, it gives us to understand... We as people, we can see how people act. We can hear what they say. But God has the ability to look into the heart. And he looks at what is the heart of a person. And if we can understand that, I believe that it leads us to look at things, even in our own life, much differently. There is things that maybe go on in our hearts that we can hide from everyone around us. But God knows. And when we understand that it is what God wants to deal with and what God wants to be right is what is deepest in our heart. We understand as Christians we err. We make mistakes. And yet, if we turn to Christ with those things, if we turn to God with our problems, with our failures, if we look to Him for forgiveness, when we fail and fall into sin, forgiveness is there. And that shows much clearer what is in our hearts than if we were to cover things up and appear to others that we are good. It is a very different matter. It is virtually the exact opposite happening, even though on the outside there may not appear to be much difference. And I think as people, I don't know why my mind goes to this thought, but I read about Mary here, 
And I think about in the first part of Matthew, it tells us about before the birth of Jesus. And it's speaking more about Joseph. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. We see here the character of Joseph. And, And we watch people in the world around us. And we see situations where people act very much different from Joseph. And if there's someone they're dealing with that appears to make a mistake, they're very quick, if I say, to even amplify it to the world and show the world what it is that, how this person that they know or associated with or perhaps some dealings they've had with them, that they've been wronged and this person is a bad person. It's very much our human nature. And I think that if we overcome that and can act more as um, Joseph here, and it isn't that we cover, just quietly cover up things. I don't think that is the right thing to do also. But I believe that the Spirit and the Word of God gives us instruction on how to deal with things. I believe it's recorded in a number of places, even from the Old Testament. But in Hebrews here it says, speaking of God, it says, For we know that he has said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, said the Lord. We can leave these things with God. And I believe that oftentimes we can perhaps find that we perhaps can get out ahead of what God wants to do and decide that we have to make something happen. We remember when Peter and John, they came and they were preaching and they were put, um, and they were arrested and put into prison. And I think the whole story is that the angel come and took them out of prison and sent them to speak in the temple. And when the priests come to find them in the morning, they couldn't. Someone says, well, those men are preaching in the temple. And they went and took them again. And that's just the way it happened. But the gist of what I was saying is they're talking about it. And the one man, I believe it was Gamaliel, he lists a couple of other examples of people who had movements that you say rebel movements against the government and against the Romans that happened and they came to naught. And the man died and his followers just kind of dispersed and it came to nothing. And he tells them that this is how it is. And if this Jesus that these men are speaking of is just one of those people, it's going to come to naught. But if he is of God, then to fight against it, you're fighting God. And it's a hopeless battle. We are not going to win. We look 
and we understand from the Bible, and now I'm just sharing perhaps my thoughts in some ways of how I have to deal, fight with these things. I look at government leaders around us, and there's not much that I can agree with that they're doing. And part of me would like to get radical and do something about it. But the Bible tells us that God puts people in power. And he even put Pharaoh in power who opposed the children of Israel that his, that God could be glorified. And we have the benefit of the word of God in history that we see how that happened. It isn't that God agreed with how Pharaoh was dealing with them but he used them. And he uses them today. And obviously, we understand that God created this whole world. He created this universe. He created mankind. We read, <clears throat> here even the angel tells Mary when he's telling her or speaking to her, he says that with God, all things are possible. And it isn't that we never take it, just let it all go. I think there are times when we have to take a stand against what is wrong. And perhaps for every person that's a different thing. But if we think we're going to fight against it or correct it, I think we need to be careful. God used Herod even in these times when Jesus was born. And, and <clears throat> Caesar Augustus, he was not a godly man at all. And yet God used him to arrange that Jesus would be born in the manner that was foretold. And I guess what I'm getting at back here to about um, Joseph I believe that if we read in the word of God, what he was doing was, it was led of the Spirit and it was of God. And it says, well, he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And it goes on to tell that his name will be Jesus and all these things. <clears throat> And I believe that we at times need to be careful how we deal with situations. And perhaps even if I say be careful how we judge them or even if we do make Joseph, there was obviously a judgment call made that Mary was pregnant. But even still, Joseph dealt with it, if I say in a responsible, delicate manner. He didn't make her the laughing stock of the community. And we see the wisdom of following God's leading in that. He only knew part of the story up until the point of where this angel appeared to him. And I don't think that any of us are any better than Joseph. 
there's many times we look at a situation and we only know part of the circumstances. And yes, we perhaps have to deal with it according to what we know. But let us be careful that we would look to the Word of God, that we would ask, be prayerful, seek the leading of the Spirit to guide us with those things, that we would act in such a way as God would want us to. And perhaps as time, well, I shouldn't say perhaps, perhaps God will allow us to see in time the wisdom of following Him because we don't have to say perhaps it's wisest to follow what God's will would be. We know that it is. <clears throat> and I don't know, maybe, I don't know the circumstances. Obviously, Mary knew all these things because the Bible tells us even before the Holy Ghost came upon her and she was pregnant. But obviously, Joseph wasn't aware of these things at that point. <clears throat> says, the angel came unto her, speaking of Mary, and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. We see here that Mary was troubled at this, that the angel came to her. And yet, it doesn't say that there was any, that she had any question about what the message was. It was obviously something that was out of the ordinary. And I'm sure that all of us would have questions if all of a sudden something like this was to happen to us. And I guess what I'm, it, and maybe it's just in my head, that it goes around and I, I think of how it is that it tells us very clearly that Mary believed these things and it tells us very clearly that Zachariah didn't. And they had both very similar experiences. An angel comes to them with a message. And I hope that we as people, and, and it wasn't that Zachariah was a, a horrible man, it said that, um, if I can find it here, speaking of Zechariah and of Elizabeth, it says they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. They were God-fearing people. I think we can be God-fearing people. And it it wasn't that when Zechariah had questions about what the angel told him, that the angel said, oh, well, you don't believe, so I'm done with you. God is patient with us. But I think it's very easy for us to get ideas in our own mind. It says they were old and well-stricken in years, and I'm sure he's wondering, how could this be? And maybe we see that this just comes to me here that it says that Mary asked the question, how, how will this happen? 
I did not know a man. And maybe it brings to our thought that we all have questions about things. But we shouldn't try to just quietly figure them out on our own and mull them around in our head. We should voice them to God. If there's something that we are struggling to understand, let us turn to God and ask. And we can do it in prayer. We can do it by looking into God's word. But let us remember that as Christians we have the privilege of knowing where God can be found, abiding in the heart of his children. It is why we have Christian friends and the blessing of Christian fellowship. We can go, so to speak, to ask God about what is this? What is the answer to this? And the only, if I say the only I don't know quite how to word this. It's being a little bit almost selfish. But from my point of view, if someone comes and asks some of those things, it feels way above my pay grade. I don't know the answer to lots of these questions. None of us do. But it says, <coughs> excuse me, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst we have that privilege of even praying together, looking together into God's word. And it doesn't matter if there's just two of us or if there's more. Let us be free to bring those questions to God. God isn't put off by these questions. He, he desires to answer them. He desires that we would know these things. Not always. There's questions that he doesn't give us answers to at times. Or perhaps in the future, or perhaps never. But if we are looking to him for the answer, not trying to come up with it with our natural reasoning, or come up with it from some psychological book, there's many many thoughts and teachings in the world today. Let us look to God and seek His guidance and His answers. That we could be as Mary, that even if we wonder how this is going to happen, we can still, as it said, be blessed because we believe. The angel says unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and shalt bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. (coughs) And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and and of his kingdom there shall be no end. And there, I guess, is what we see. That I would hope that each and every one of us, the deepest desires of our heart or desire, is that we could be a member of that kingdom that Christ came and set up there. 
We understand that there are people today who are still waiting for Jesus to come and set up that kingdom. And if we as people can see and can understand that this was the beginning of the natural fulfillment of that, this message to this Mary, that she was going to bear a little baby who was going to become ruler of that kingdom and he was going to set it up here. <clears throat> and yes, he didn't do it in a manner that we as people are used to. He didn't go and develop an army and go and and conquer the world. He came and walked obedient to what God wanted him to do. Absolutely in obedience to the will of God, which is something that is beyond all of us. And then died on the cross. And yes, he rose again. But if we look at it with the natural reasoning, that was the end of the deal. He didn't set up any kingdom here. But Jesus gives us a little insight into that when he, when they're coming to arrest him and Peter cuts off the man's ear, Jesus heals it and says that my kingdom is not of this world, that if it was, my followers would fight. He was setting up a kingdom that you can't see with your natural eyes. It is a spiritual kingdom. And it is what we desire to be part of. It says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not these natural, even naturally important things. But it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Not in what we've accomplished, not in who we are, not in our abilities, but in what Christ has done. And because that Holy Spirit abides in us, and we understand that it is only through that indwelling Holy Spirit that we are able to be righteous. It is only through that indwelling Holy Spirit that we are able to be have peace. And it isn't a peace that the world looks for. It's a peace that can be there when the world is going completely upside down. And joy. Joy in understanding that I am a child of God because His Spirit dwells in me. And it's a spiritual kingdom. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? I already mentioned this, that Mary obviously had natural questions. How is this going to happen? 
But she asks. The angel answers her. He explains to her how this is going to happen. <coughs> the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And then he even goes on to elaborate about other things. He says, Behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And we understand here that in this context, the angel is speaking that about Elizabeth, who obviously Mary recognized that she was past childbearing age. She was an old lady, and so was, well, her husband was an old man. And in all the years that they would have perhaps been of childbearing age, they hadn't had any children. But that is nothing with God. God can accomplish these things. <clears throat> but I think as people, as Christians, with our human frailties, it is good to understand that when we're facing any problem, it can look an impossible situation for us. But remember this. With God, nothing is impossible. And we can look at that in our own lives. But I think it is good to remember that when we see whatever, whoever it may be, a friend, a family member, or even just someone that God has put on our heart to pray about. That we can pray with the freedom and understanding of knowing we may not know what the answer is and it may look like a hopeless situation, but God has the ability to overcome all things. With Him it's not impossible. This is maybe... A little bit of a sideline, but I listened to a sermon this week of Ralph Davidson's, and he was speaking about a miracle. And what he said struck me, it's so true. We as people, we speak about something that we can't do or that isn't ordinary as a miracle. And the miracle he happened to be speaking about was when Peter and John healed the man who was at the temple that he could walk after 40 years of not being able to. And in the natural sense, it's a miracle. But, we will go through winter and we come into spring. We can put a seed in the ground and it can grow into whatever seed it is. The animals have young, the trees leaf. We can't do that. No matter how much we try to, we can't make those things happen. <clears throat> we can, if you say, create the environment that it perhaps can. But we can't make a seed germinate. 
Yet we don't necessarily call them miracles. But they are. We see these things every day. They're beyond our abilities. But not God's. And I would hope, speaking maybe mostly to myself, that I could take the time sometimes to even contemplate, even as I just spoke of, nature around us, and that's just a small part of it, of the things that are totally beyond my ability that God just has happened year after year after year. And then why do we struggle to look at some situation and think, well, it doesn't feel like God could even fix that situation. He can. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word, and the angel departed from her. I believe that verse gives us some insight into the heart of Mary. If this is what God says is going to happen, so be it. And I hope that we could all have hearts like that. I was in a situation one time and wondering if where I was supposed to be was where I was supposed to be or where I was was where I was supposed to be. And I was sharing with a friend, lamenting, I don't know how you want to word it. And they just said, do you believe you're a child of God? And I had to acknowledge that, yeah, I did. He said, well, then you're where you're supposed to be. God knows where you're at. And sometimes it doesn't feel like it. And yes, there's oftentimes things that God puts on our heart that perhaps we need to deal with or change something about our circumstances. But God knows where we're at. We can trust that. It says, And Mary rose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judea and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. (coughs) We see here the power of the presence of God. And not only did Elizabeth receive that she received the Holy Ghost, but she understood. But the baby that she was carrying felt the presence of God. And I think that we need to be aware of those things and think about those things. And as Christians, there are times, and I hope all of us have experienced it, because to me it's a wonderful thing. There are times when I've sat down with someone who I didn't know them, to use a natural phrase, I didn't know them from Adam, and didn't have to visit very long, and I could feel it was the same spirit there. This person, (coughs) excuse me, 
had that same indwelling spirit. And, and under the circumstances, it wasn't necessarily what I was expecting. And it was very easy for the conversation to flow and for there to be fellowship. And then there's been times when I've sat down with someone and I thought perhaps because of the situation that we were on the same page in what we believed, if I say it that way. And it wasn't very long to, didn't take very long to realize that this is a different spirit. There is something that doesn't add up here. I think we have, as Christians, that indwelling spirit, and we are to, should listen to it. If it is warning us about something, or if it is encouraging us in something, we are to listen. John, well, it's prophesied that he would be <clears throat> receive the Holy Ghost from in his mother's womb, and he did. Says Elizabeth spake with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. <clears throat> and whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? She recognized what it was that she was dealing with. That, well, it says it was her cousin. Her cousin was going to be mother to the Savior of the world, to her Savior. For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ear, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. She's telling your Mary that she is blessed because she believed what the angel told her. But it strikes me here how it says, Elizabeth said, as soon as the voice of your salutation sounded in my ear, the babe leapt in my womb. And if we think about it, when I was talking about speaking with someone and there being a similar spirit or a different spirit, and yes, sometimes I have to admit, we get that feeling from someone that you're just someone that we don't really want to have much to do with. But I said as we had conversation, it quickly became apparent of a similar spirit or a different spirit. There is power in the Word. And there's power in the Word of God. And yes, it is good to read it, but it is good that we would share and speak and talk of these things. <clears throat> it is something that it is beyond us in many most senses but we read right at the beginning of the Bible it says and God said let there be whatever light and there was and we are speaking the word of God there is power there let us speak it in truth and grace. <clears throat> Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, 
For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. We know it's true. Even almost to the point of idolatry, which isn't good either. But Mary has been called blessed. And it wasn't because she was someone spectacular in the world. She was just, she said, he regarded the lowest state of his handmaid. We see how different it is that God works from people. Here he uses Mary, who is just, if I say a very, looking from the natural point, a very ordinary girl, young lady. It brings to mind the thought of Naaman the Syrian. And we re- if we remember the story, he was a leper, and he had a little servant girl, slave girl, in his house that they'd captured on a raid into Israel. And she says to her mistress that there's a prophet in Israel who could heal him. And it isn't that she had seen that. And the reason I can say that is because Jesus himself says that at the time of Naaman the Syria, there was many lepers, but only one was healed, which was Naaman. It wasn't that that little girl had seen all kinds of these lepers healed. If we were to think of who sat down and decided, who are we going to go and send to bring this message to Naaman that he can be healed? I'm sure we would come up with someone besides that little slave girl. We'd probably have to consider that we would pick someone who was wise and who'd had some experience in these things in dealing. He was the leader of the whole army in the nation of Syria. We would pick someone who had some sort of status that he would have some credentials or some backing to have some weight to his words. Who did God choose? A little slave girl. And I think it gives us to pause to think about these things. One, if God is putting on our heart to speak to someone, let's not use the excuse that, no, I'm not up for this. This isn't, it's kind of above, above me, beyond my abilities. If God is putting it on your heart, and he tells Moses that even when it comes to him and Aaron, Moses says, I can't speak. God said, I made your mouth. He did give him Aaron. But if God is asking us to do something, he is going to give the ability to do it. And the other part of that, too, if if I say, if someone comes to us with something whether it's a concern, a question about something about us, or correction, let's not say, well, that's just, who are they to say anything to me? If God puts it on someone's heart, let us consider it.
he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in recompensing of his mercy. If I say, in all these things, Mary is just laying out how differently God works than man works. What man thinks is good and important and, excuse me, powerful, God uses something that is humble and lowly and meek to accomplish. And someone who is proud, it says that he will scatter them. And he will look after the humble. It gives us, I think, the thought or the prayer or the desire that we could be humble. That we would just be lowly in ourselves. That our strength would be from God. That we would look to him and just meekly and humbly accept what it is that he would have for us or offer to us. Because he knows best. And how often is it that we feel like, well, I know what's best here. I know what's best for me. Let's look to what God knows is best. Said, and he spake to our father, <clears throat> fathers to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. Mary went and visited with Elizabeth and it would appear, I don't know, it doesn't tell us whether she stayed until John was born, but it tells us we all understand that babies come in in nine months and it says that she was six months when Elizabeth there and nine months. So whether she stayed until Elizabeth had John and then went home, I don't know, that would be my guess, but it doesn't tell us. But it is quite, if I say, a gathering. If we look at it from the spiritual perspective, these two women had, it says John was the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And our Savior and their mothers. And yet I'm sure that there was probably many people that had no idea of what uh, large happening there was going on there. We often do not know what is going on in a heart. But let us look to God and let us trust if he directs us to Go to speak to someone. Even go to be there for someone. 
because he knows what is the essence and what is in the bottom of their heart. And let us, as individuals, deal with those things. Not try to hide anything from people, or I should say maybe hide anything from God. We're not hiding anything from God. Jesus says, come as you are. He doesn't say, straighten up and then come. There's forgiveness. It's what this little baby that Mary was pregnant with in this portion of scripture came for. He came and was born and then died and paid for that sin, for our sin, for all sin. That we can believe that it's forgiven because it was Jesus who did that. And there's power in that name. And it says that his blood is payment enough. It says that he paid double, just in case we can question, because we're human, that can he really cover this, or does it really cover this? Yes, it does. What Jesus does covers. That we can believe those things forgiven. That we can have peace with God. Because we're righteous. And if that doesn't bring joy to our hearts, there's nothing else that can bring real joy. In Jesus' name, Amen. Does someone have a song we can continue? And there's communion for those who wish to partake. 26. Sorry? 26. 
maker of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, but third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray with and for them who will now partake of the Lord's Holy Supper. Lord Jesus Christ, thou bread of life, grant that thy holy communion may be a blessing to all those who today shall partake of it, that through the power of thy body and blood they may receive peace and comfort to their souls, and be strengthened in faith, love, and a lively hope of eternal life. Amen. Truly it is meet, right, and blessed that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee. Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, when he had supped, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which is, which was, and which is to come, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Let us all pray as our Lord Jesus Christ taught us, our Father, which art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen.
body of our Lord Jesus Christ, broken for you. True body of our Lord Jesus Christ, broken for you. The true body of our Lord Jesus Christ, broken for you. The true body of our Lord Jesus Christ, broken for you.
curse to give your bodies and souls unto eternal life. Praise the Lord for his gracious gift of which you have partaken. Proclaim his suffering, death, and resurrection until he comes again. Rise to heart with Jesus. We thank thee, O Lord, Almighty God, that thou hast refreshed us through this salutary gift. We beseech thee that thou of thy mercy would strengthen us through this communion and faith towards thee and in fervent love towards one another. Through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Humble your hearts before God and receive the benediction. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Um, I'll just mention that Sylvan, they asked um, for um, Christmas concert will be 6 o'clock on the evening.